Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. I switched up a little bit. Lately, I have been doing the Carmelito Nespresso, which takes no other flavoring. I just do the half and half in stevia. And today, on a whim, because I'm wild like that, I did the ristretto and then flavored the uh, steamed half and half with a touch of bourbon vanilla. <laughs> I always feel like a waiter in a fine restaurant when I talk about stuff like that. It's waffle thin. <laughs> a lot of you will get that. Um, today is Friday, January 17th. I was going to say we're half officially halfway through January, but I suppose we already were halfway through January yesterday. But when I look at my calendar, I see that there's two full work weeks left. So it seems not exactly the same. Uh, we didn't get tons of snow, although it was very stormy. It was a good day to stay in. Uh, David went out and drove a little bit in the morning yesterday. I think I mentioned on yesterday's podcast that it just starts snowing around 9 a.m. or so, and I decided to stay in. And apparently it was, I was glad I did because um, David came home, well, around lunchtime, I guess, and he said that the road out to our little rural enclave was getting quite slick. And so, and of course, my car, as I've mentioned I'm sure numerous times doesn't do well on slick. It's a wonderful car in every other way, but um, too much torque for slick. Just digs in and wants to spin. <laughs> Not ideal on ice. So I um, it was a good day yesterday. I s just stayed in and at lunchtime we put a fire log in the fireplace and just kept a fire going all afternoon, which is good because it was a very dark day. We we keep the house quite cool because we get so much passive solar. So on the rare days that we don't get much sunshine like yesterday, uh, the house is a little chilly. So it was nice to put in the fire log. We put in another one for evening. So two of them lasted us from what noon to nine. It's about, I guess, as promised on the fire log box, right? And yeah, I um, got more work done on this uh, old project. I need to think of a code name for it, but um, the resurrected project. Still having a lot of fun revising it. This one I am revising. It's actually not, I'm not changing all that much. I'm just cleaning up the, the language and I am occasionally shocked at myself, <laughs> like really, Jeffy. But I think it's good. I'm I'm not going to back off of changing some of these things. So, don't, we'll wait and see what <laughs> Agent Sarah says, right? Uh, she knew I was filthy when she met me. Um, she read. I think I mentioned that too. She read Petals and Thorns from way back. But before she was ever my agent, she just read it for fun. And Petals and Thorns is pretty intense, too, I think. 
and then I did a bit of business in the afternoon and took my laptop out to the living room around four o'clock so I could sit by the fire. Um, and I don't think I've talked about it much, but David gave me a new laptop for Christmas. Way, yay! Um, it was greatly needed. My old one was just, oh, I have talked about this because I had to set it up and everything. Yeah. Um, but this laptop is the kind that also has the touch screen. So I'm sure all you kids are like rolling your eyes at me, but it's like, oh, so the screen does touch screen as well. And you can fold the screen back and make it be a tablet. So I had done a lot of the, you know, like financial stuff I needed to do on the computer, but then I just had like catching up on some emails and social media and stuff. So I thought, okay, well, let's do this. Cause I do think that one thing's about one of the things about technology is that you really learn it by doing, you just have to sit there and play with it, which is why the kids always do so great. And when I was a kid, I did great at it because you know, the kids will just sit there and punch buttons and they're not afraid of messing things up. You kind of have to have that attitude about it. It's like, what is this icon? What does this do? And what happens if I swoosh this? And, um, and oh no, it disappeared. <laughs> what did I do? And you have to have a sense of play about it. That's with so many things in life. A sense of play is critical. Lest we become drudges. So... So that was interesting. It's big. It's a little unwieldy for a tablet, but it is pretty good for like watching movies on because it is a fairly large screen. Um, so I was playing with watching some of the end of Witcher on my second watch. And um, Leslie, we are not talking about the fact that you'd like totally didn't get Witcher. I mean, we just... I want I want our friendship to survive. So, you know, we already had the good omens thing. I'm just not going to go there with you on Witcher. Um, <laughs> although I can't believe you got so caught up in the magic system. You're right. You're right. The magic system is totally not supported. Maybe it's supported in the books and the games. But you know what? I didn't notice. I didn't notice the first time because I was too busy being absorbed with the amazing characters. How can you not care about these people? Oh, well. Okay, I went there. So I'm on my, just about done with Witcher on my second rewatch, first rewatch, second watch. And um, so it was pretty good to watch on the laptop and I'm getting better at manipulating the screen. It is kind of cool to be able to have it on my lap like a laptop and use the laptop keyboard, but then still touch the screen to make things happen. Although I know the inevitable extension of this is going to be is when I'm working at my walking desk and I have it hooked into the monitor that I'm going to start touching the monitor trying to get things to happen. And I'm going to get annoyed about that. But, you know, first world problems. That's a, That one I'm just going to go right there and say that's a first world problem because, you know, like, expecting some of your fancy technology to do things that other pieces of your fancy technology do it has to be a major, maybe we need another term for it. It's not a champagne problem. It's like a major, <laughs> how do I juggle my tech problem? Uh, 
but yeah, I think it's cool. And I think I will start doing more of that. It was nice to be able to be out by the fire. And I had some things up on it while we were watching movie last night. So we did watch Joker. Uh, speaking of Leslie, because Leslie had talked about that on her post podcast um, several months ago that her husband made her go see it, I think, in the movie theater. Because I think it's... I'm not sure how long it's been out on streaming. We rented it for like $6, so it must have been out for a little while. But I remember Leslie commenting that it was not as bad as people had made her think. And I would absolutely echo that opinion. We jive on Joker. Um, I thought it was an incredible movie. I thought it was amazing. I understand why someone who went in with the expectation that it would be like an Avengers movie would be really um, oh, disheartened, be shocked, be uh, saddened by Joker because it is not that kind of superhero movie. In fact, Batman himself as Batman is not actually in the movie. Which maybe all of you knew. You know, I, I try not to read too much about movies I haven't seen yet that I plan to see. So I tend to go in pretty, um, un, <laughs> I was going to say untainted and I was wrestling with uninformed and it might be some of both. <laughs> but so I did not, David asked me as we started watching it, he said, um, is Batman going to be in this one? And I said, oh, I don't know. He probably, right? And so then I was looking at the cast of characters and it's like, oh, there is no Batman, but there is Bruce Wayne. So interestingly enough, it really is all about, you know, sort of the Joker's origin story and exploring that. And it's interesting because the movie is set in 1981. There's, they never say so, but there's a lot of compelling stuff in the trivia on why it is. And it takes place during that garbage strike in New York City. And I remember that. Um, for some reason, I have a lot of mental images of that. Though, I don't think that I was in New York City in 1981. When did we go, Mom? I know we went on that trip to New York City. But I think I was a little bit younger than that. Wasn't that like 79 or 80? She has the photo album she can look. But So it might have just been from the news images. But I even remember when we went to New York City then how dirty it was. I was shocked at how dirty it was. And that mental image of New York City and the smell stuck with me for a long time. So much so that when I went back to New York City much later, um, what was it, when I was in college, I went back and I was amazed at how different it was. It you know, really, they turned the city around, and it was so much cleaner. But at least in this, in the Joker, it's taking place during the garbage strike, and so there's the mounds of the garbage and the hefty bags everywhere, and it's, you know, it's gorgeously filmed. And and all of y'all are right that Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. He turned in a brilliant performance. Uh, you know, I I had read some things about the weight loss that he had done for the part and, you know, making Joker be, you know, not only mentally ill, but, you know, having anorexia be part of that mental and emotional breakdown. 
So apparently he lost 52 pounds between June and September um, by basically starving himself. I mean, it was not a, you know, you can't lose 52 pounds in, what, June, July, you know, three months, um, you know, maybe four if we're being generous, without it being um, a starvation diet. So there were jokes about him eating just one apple a day. Um, and he says that's not true, that there was also steamed green beans and lettuce, <laughs> which, you know, it's still, it's, it's like not anything that a nutritionist would have him do. And it really works for the role. And, and it has me thinking about, you know, the things that actors do when your body is your medium. Boy, you know, plundering your body for that effect is really kind of, um, well, it's it's absolutely an extreme thing to do. I'm I, I'm really I'm, I'm going to have to think about that some because it's it's really quite extraordinary. It worked for the role because he did look starved. He looked emaciated. He looked believably anorexic, and it really did feed into the role. And I read something. This is all like why I'm reading trivia as we're watching the movie that he said that losing that amount of weight made his body feel very elastic and moved in a different way than it ever had before. And that contributed to the physicality of the role, which you could really see, you know, like in his dancing and movement. So it was an amazing movie. And, and I agree with something else that Leslie had said a while back. Um, I'm going to have to figure out which show that was, Leslie. And I'm not going to be able to. Never mind. I'm not going to link to it in the show notes. We'll just have to live our lives without it. <laughs> I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of looking for it. If you listen to this, send it to send me the link and I'll add it. How's that? Um, but, you know, people talked about the violence and it being so over the top, so shocking. And it is shocking. But it's shocking partly because it's so sudden and it's so visceral and real that in many ways I feel like it's it's much more earned violence than what you would see in almost anything else. Um, you know, where, you know, we've watched things like Avengers Endgame where, you know, how many thousands and thousands of people die? Or, you know, even at... Um, what is it? The movie before Endgame, the you know the first half of Endgame, essentially, you know where was it? You know half the people or two thirds of the people. All of you um, better nerds than me are probably rolling your eyes at me, but you know whatever it is that um, Thanos just simply eliminates half. We'll say half half the life in the universe, and it's done in this very pretty way, right? You know, like the people that are eliminated turn into little sparkly ash piles. Whereas in Joker, it's like, no, this is horrible, murderous violence. It's, and, you know, you, you reel from it, which is what we should do. We should reel from violence. And the movie does a great job of really pointing up how we abandon the mentally ill, that we don't provide them with the help they need at our peril. And it's it, it, it's it really is an amazing movie. And I thought it was incredibly well done. So, I think that takes about all I have to say. I'm sort of in this quiet mode of just working and consuming media. 
Um, I am Murderbot. <laughs> I love Murderbot. Did I tell you guys that I got a pin that my uh, editor at St. Martin's uh, went over to the tour side for me and got me the the button from Murderbot that says, I wish there was an error code for I received your message, but I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> I love that. All right. I am going on my way. I hope you all have a wonderful Friday, a fantastic weekend. Um, I hope if you are looking for other podcasts, you will remember that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you can find other podcasts you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.